Welcome to Family Life Today, presented in cooperation with this station by Power to Change. We hope today's program will give you something to reflect on and to encourage you in your relationships. Our hosts are Dave and Ann Wilson. I remember in eighth grade the day I felt like I belonged. Oh, what happened? Uh, I got invited to Steve Lishawa's house after basketball practice. He was, was the, he the guy. He was the kid who hit puberty before all of us, so he was six two. He was the center in the basketball team. I was the point guard. It was get the ball to Steve, and he's called the point. But he was the man. Yeah. And he invited me to his house, and I'd never been invited there. And I remember walking in, and all the guys that were in the group that I wasn't really in yet were sitting in his parents family room and the parents were gone and as i walked in they all looked at me and steve said hey grab a beer out of the fridge and you're in the eighth grade and i'm in the eighth grade and i'm like what i've never had a beer and my dad and mom were alcoholics so i was like i don't do that stuff but i remember feeling like that was the day i was in because i was in lishawas group What we're talking about in this segment is so important for families and parents because every kid, whether it's 8th grade, 6th grade, 12th grade, and and every adult Mm. wants to know where and where do I fit, where I belong. Well, we're specifically talking about teens today because they are asking that question, where do I fit? Yeah, we've even got a book called The Three Big Questions That Change Every Teenager, and we've got the author in the studio with us today, Brad Griffin. Thanks for being back. Oh, it's so fun to be here. Well, the interesting thing is, as we uh, talked about previously with you and Kara uh, about your book and really your study with teenagers, because uh, you both work at the Fuller Youth Institute. And more importantly, like I said, you're 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 married, three teenagers in the home. Yes. So you're living exactly this. But you interview these teenagers and you ask them all kinds of research questions. And you discovered what you believe are the three big questions. I know we've already said it. But remind our listener, what are the three big questions? Because we just talked about one of them that our teens are asking. Yeah. So that question of belonging, where do I fit? Hmm. It is a huge one for many teenagers. It is the question that's out in front. The other two, the big question of identity, who am I? And the big question of purpose, what difference can I make? Hmm. How will my life matter in the world? Let's talk identity. How are they answering the identity question of who am I? So we spent a lot of time listening, and to give you a picture for that, in the interview phase of our research, we sat down with teenagers one-on-one with an interviewer, and we heard a lot, and we heard a lot of stories. And when it came to identity, one of the big themes we heard was about pressure and expectation. Mm. And so the dominant narrative we heard from teenagers was, I am what other people expect me to be. Other people have these versions of me that I need to live into and live up to, you know, often. My parents have a lot of expectations. Sometimes it's, you know, people at church, my pastors, it's my friends have certain expectations, my teachers, my coaches. And everywhere I go, I just feel this pressure to be. Well, I'm guessing, too, that creates pressure and anxiety. Yes. And that's, I mean, a lot of teens. A majority of teens even are experiencing that. And you think that's why? I think it's a big part of it. Yeah. And 
anxiety is a word that this generation uses to define themselves. Yeah. And it's one of the words we think is just an overlay. They're anxious. There's a lot to be anxious about in teenage, you know, experience anyway, just developmentally. You get into high school, then you worry about your future. And But this generation, it feels like has a whole other layer of pressure. Some of that's mm-hmm. about social media. Some of that, I think, is about our parenting and the the pressure and the expectations that we put on our kids to, quite honestly, perform to our expectations. You know, that all builds up. It builds up. And then add a pandemic on that. And so, (laughs) you know, I saw some research that during the pandemic, among young people, anxiety tripled and depression quadrupled. Mm. You know, the impact of that, that's going to remain. And I think they're carrying with them this built up, you know, anxiety that they don't totally know what to do with it. And in some ways, this season has even more pressure than ever. Mm. Okay, so I'll I'll give you another example. So I have a junior in high school. The last normal year of school is eighth grade. Really? It's like I've got to live all of high school all at once. (laughs) So when homecoming comes up like it did recently, it feels so weighty. Hmm. Because she's never had that and she may not have it again. And so suddenly it's like every experience has this, you know, this extra layer of, oh, it's got to be really great. Mm. And I don't know about you, but, you know, I mean, I have felt that as a parent, too, of, you know, we haven't been on vacation in a while. This has got to be really great, <laughs> you know, or, or my kids have missed this or that. And so it's got to be going to be a game it's got to be epic uh-huh yeah and i'm not feeling a game most of the time these days so, yeah. <laughs> so then i'm missing my own i'm not meeting my own expectations so if you're a parent and you're seeing this in your child and it could even happen before teenage years obviously but you're seeing anxiety you're seeing stress you're seeing things you didn't see and earlier. even one of the stats was 75 percent of teens feel inadequate or mm-hmm. not enough so keep going with your question yeah, i'm just saying as a parent because parents are listening, what do we do? Yeah. How do we step into that? I'll start with one thing not to say, and this is going to be counterintuitive, okay? <laughs> I think we should stop saying, well, just be yourself. Mm. Now, on the surface, that sounds like a really great thing to say, right? Yeah. To a teenager, it can sound like more pressure. It can feel like more pressure. Mm. Because here's the thing. They don't know who they are. <laughs> you know, that just be myself. What do you mean? You know, mm. well, when I'm with my friends at school, I have to be this way. In class, I have to be this way. At home, I have to be this way. By the way, I'm trying on new versions of myself all the time mm. because that's what adolescence is. Right. That's normal, developmentally mm. normal. And I don't know that I like who I am. You know, and or other days, people may not like other people may not like who I am. there's all these different pieces, you know, and so to just be yourself, it actually feels like a standard they can't live up to. So, Brad, what do we do with the, when our kids come back like, well, I'm failing in school. Yeah, I have no friends. Yeah, I just posted this thing on Instagram. I have like two likes. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I am enough to anybody mm-hmm. else. Maybe to you, but you're you and mom yeah. and you have to love me. <laughs> That's how, right. Yeah. How do you respond to that? When they don't feel like they are enough. So in that moment, where my mind jumps to is, I want to fix it. Yes, me too. Like, let me tell you. Yeah, Yeah, I want to fix it. Oh, no, 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 no. You know, you're so awesome, and you're amazing, and look at all your talents. And and who cares if they don't like your picture? (laughs) I think it's amazing. Look, I put it on my phone lock screen. I mean, I want to fix. 
that impulse is there because we don't want our kids to experience the discomfort that they're feeling. We we want them to feel better. I think what they need is to know that they're heard. So one of our colleagues said that being heard is so close to being loved that for the average person, they're the same thing. Yeah, I read that in your book and I highlighted that like, oh my goodness, that is so well said. Yeah. So talk about that. I mean, that's true for us as adults, but especially for a teenager. So for that kid in that situation, I actually think what can be most helpful sometimes is for us to just reflect back. Mm. Wow. Mm. That sounds really tough. That's a lot. Yeah. Mm. It sounds like you're really just feeling a lot of pressure right now, huh? And you say in your book, memorize these three words. Tell me more. So that's what you're modeling right now. Yes. Tell me more. I love those words. Um, I had a a friend and a a pastor who said, I think those might be the three most loving words that we can offer another person. Wow. Tell me more about what it feels like when that happens. Help me understand. That's another really good one. I love this wondering language. I wonder. Mm -hmm. Even the kid who won't tell us. Right. What they're feeling. What they're feeling. (laughs) I got to just say this. As I'm listening to this, I just got to add this. By the way, husbands... This works really well when you're communicating with your wife. And I'm sure it's the other way for a wife with a husband. But Anne has told me so many times, just ask me. Don't fix it. Don't solve it. Just, <laughs> just say, get in tell it me more. Me. Tell yeah. me, what did that feel like? I mean, I'm listening yeah. to you say that about us with our teenagers. But let me ask you this. Well, as a dad or as a mom, how do we stop ourselves from saying, yeah, but because they're going to say things that we know are wrong. We know they should think they're – and there's a part of us that goes, yeah, I hear you, I hear you. But – and then we go right to the answer, the solution, the judgment, whatever. How do we stay away from that? Because that's mm-hmm. a tendency for all of us to do as parents. You know, somebody told me this secret, and I love it. I have a, a bottle of water right here uh, in, in the studio with us. And one tip that this this parent said was when you're tempted to jump in with an answer, with a response, with a fix, just take a drink, take a sip, mm. swallow – Take a breath. I actually think it's a discipline. Yeah. Whether, it's, whether it's water, whether it's yeah. taking a breath, whatever that is, the discipline of pausing and asking ourselves, why am I going to respond right now? And what does this kid actually need mm. right now? And sometimes in that pause, sometimes the pause is long enough for the kid to actually say the next thing mm. where we might normally jump in with a fix or an answer. I got to tell you, I wish I was better at this. I, I mean, I, I actually... I love having the answer. Mm. I love it. I, it's my, I'm, I'm getting, I, I was getting teary when you were talking because I thought this is my greatest parenting mistake. Because when they start expressing their pain or their feelings of not belonging, not knowing who they are, not feeling like they fit in anywhere, I get so fearful in my heart. Yeah. And I love them so much that I want to fix them right away. This is the truth. That's wrong thinking. Mm. This is right thinking. And I'm passionate out of my love for them, but that's not what they're needing right now. That's been that right there. If our listeners and parents, youth leaders could do that right there, it would change our relationship with our kids. And you're right. It's such a discipline instead of just jumping in to fix it. It's hard. I like that step of take a breath take a drink. And I would add, say a prayer. Jesus, give me wisdom. You promised to do that in James. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously. God hears that. He'll give us wisdom of just being able to then to ask, take a pause. And I think it's hard with kids that don't open up. Mm -hmm. And I I would add this because I think there may be some wired like me 
which would the advice would be stay engaged because mm-hmm. there's a part of me that when it goes there with even with Anne, but with a son or a daughter, they're going sort of deep. They're going messy. And I just like, okay, I'm out. You know, this part of me is like, <laughs> I'm just going to go work mm-hmm. out. I'm just not going to, mm-hmm. it's like I'm I'm uncomfortable. And yeah. I know there's moms and dads that oh, yeah. are like, yeah, that's me too. And I just bail. Don't bail. Stay engaged. You don't have to answer their question. You just have, yeah. need to live with them and walk with them in that journey, right? Yes. And to be okay with not resolving everything in the conversation. Because mm-hmm. the other thing is, you know, I want, like, I want it to be fixed now. Yeah. yeah. I want yeah. the answer to come by the end of our conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I, want, I want that kid to walk away, you yeah. know, feeling whatever, or for this conflict to be resolved if it's conflict. And I would add this, because we said this in our in our No Perfect Parents book. A lot of times as parents, we think our goal is that we have teenagers that walk with God with no sin, mm. with no disobedience. Sure. Perfect That's kids, That's not right? the goal. Our, I mean, the goal is something bigger than that. It's like, man, I hope that when my son or daughter is 30 years old, they're following Jesus. Mm. And you know what? It may take some really bad choices in their teen years for that goal to actually happen. I'm not saying that's the only way it happens, but often we like, oh, no, we can't let anything that's that negative happen or, you know, let them wrestle with doubt and struggle in those teenagers. We want to fix it right there. And sometimes I think we need to step back and say, God's going to work in this. And what they need right now is a mom or dad just, just comes alongside, is the stable force they need, but lives with them in the journey. Mm-hmm. Hey, Something like let's- that? Let's mm-hmm. um let's play a clip because this is another thing that can happen with teenagers. We recently interviewed Bev Hendricks Godby and um she was talking about sometimes you really don't like your teenagers. And so, Brad, we want you to listen to this and maybe respond. Ideally you don't want to start in adolescence <laughs> trying to like your child. Good boy. That's not the most optimal time to do that. <laughs> I feel like we lose the magic of childhood so quickly. Mm. Like when we first find out that we're having a baby, when we first have them, it's just all joy and just, oh, this is amazing. And so quickly, it just kind of flattens out. And I would really encourage parents, wherever you are, try to get back into the joy. Receive the gift. Unwrap the gift. It's right in front of you. It's happening. But it's like you can delight in that gift if you choose to and figure out what's right with this child in front of me. And they'll they'll help you out with that because they can't not not be this person. Mm. I love that. Mm. <laughs> the word that comes to mind for me is curiosity, cultivating mm. curiosity. In the teenage years, one of the reasons that maybe we end up not liking our kids is that we just get stuck in the every day. Hmm. It's logistics. And some of those logistics are not very fun. I have said that I kind of get stuck asking my kids the same handful of questions over and over again. Which are? Well, how was your day? (laughs) Do you have homework? (laughs) Are you going to practice? You know, do you have your stuff? Did you do laundry? I mean, it's like... It's the ridiculous, did you unload the dishwasher? And those are not very fun questions (laughs) to live with. They're not fun to ask and they're not fun to answer. Mm. And they don't cultivate curiosity. They don't actually help me get to know my kid. They don't help us cultivate a fun relationship or or anything of substance. And, of course, they're necessary. I mean, there's this layer of life that is just 
we have to function and we have to learn how to function as a family. But I think that's where we lose our teenagers is we lose the wonder and the curiosity of who they are and who they're becoming. Mm. And I think sometimes when a parent ends up not liking their kid, it can be because we've stopped being curious about them. So maybe a way to get back into that is just to start asking our kids some different questions Hmm. to say, hey, I wonder what you're into these days. I don't feel like I know what kind of music you like right now, or I don't understand the music you listen to. Tell me about it. That's Um, good. Even I was thinking, even on social media, if they have social media, who are you following? Mm -hmm. Tell me about them. Why, Why do you like to follow them? Or what are you listening to that you resonate with? Those are good questions. I like that. Yeah. I judge a lot. So this is a discipline for me too, (laughs) is as a parent withholding judgment is one of my biggest downfalls. Uh, Well, it's a discipline I have to practice to withhold it because my downfall is to judge. (laughs) (laughs) And when we hear something that we don't like, or we don't know if we like it, or we're not so sure, we just jump straight to judgment. Well, especially if it's just pure trash. I made the mistake of that, too. I was listening to a son, like, this is back in the CD days. Like, are you kidding me? This is what you're listening to? I take it out of his CD player. I throw it into the trash can. That really opens up conversation. Like, my mom's insane. That's what he's thinking. But, I mean, there's some music out. The lyrics are crazy, like, bad in terms of what we're thinking. So another time, this could be you take a breath. Take a drink of water. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you're uh-huh. asking questions about that. Yeah. Tell me what you like. I think it helps, too, to remember some of what we actually listened to and watched. And, you know, and I certainly remember looking back now. I mean, even sometimes I'll hear something, you know, a song from when I was a teenager and think, oh, I actually listened to that. You know, like yeah. <laughs> I knew all the words to that song. Yeah. And that wasn't, you know, that wasn't very edifying. That wasn't mm-hmm. very whatever. And so under the surface, sometimes a kid wants to listen to music because they want to belong. Mm. Like, to take it back to the three questions, right. we actually heard this in our interviews. One, one young woman talked about, I, I remember this one, she said, okay, so sometimes I remember in middle school especially, she said, when I knew a song and I knew the lyrics to a song, I fit in. And then a new song would come out and I didn't know. And yeah. suddenly it felt like I didn't belong anymore with these people. And I didn't understand how that worked. Mm. And, you know, music is one of those undercurrents of teenage life. And actually, it can be a marker of belonging. And in particular in, you know, sort of subgroups and clusters of kids who listen to particular music. And so all of that, it's it's part of it. You know, it can be part of identity. Well, which am I an eclectic music person? Am I a, you know, am I a country music person? Am I a, what kind of music am I? What does that say about who I am? And Kids are processing that. They may not even be able to be consciously aware of it, but it might be about who I am. Mm. might be about where do I belong. And to us as parents, it's just like, oh, that's trash. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Even we listen to lyrics. Kids don't necessarily even listen to lyrics. I mean, you know, for some kids, it's like, oh, this is just fun to dance to. Like, what did you hear what they're saying? No. (laughs) (laughs) And yet I think at the end of the day, as you think about the three questions, identity and belonging and purpose, if anybody is going to be the one to speak truth about those, it's us as parents. And again, we have to be, we talked about, it. we have to be very careful how we do it. We need to listen. We need to empathize. We need to ask questions. But 
I also think, and Anne has shared many of her mistakes, she was the best and still is at speaking words of life hmm. and true Christ identity into our boys. Even now as men, she constantly reminds them in, a, in an appropriate way, not in a mom, hey, you got, but just because they're not hearing this anywhere else. And I think we as parents need to make sure, and I would say even an action point for today, what if today's a day they heard from you, mom or dad, the truth about who they are yeah. and where they belong and what their purpose is in an appropriate regular, consistent way. Dave, yeah. I, would, to hear it. I would add to one of the things we did, and I would do this every night, is I would put my hands on them, their shoulder, their leg, their foot, and pray for them yes. at night. And I'm praying those things over them. God, thank you that they're a part of our family. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the gifts. And I would name some of the things I yeah. see in them. And I would even say, like, they may not see it, Lord, but I do. And you do, Jesus. And just praying that over them because they might not always receive but just praying that over them and thanking God for them. I was thinking prayer when, when you said that, as, as you started to say that, Anne. You know, one thing I was thinking about is sometimes we tuck something away and come back to it later. Yeah. Like, hey, this conversation, this may not be the moment to correct, but I'm going to tuck that away and come back to it. Mm. And one of the ways we can come back to it is prayer. Mm. And I'm a big fan of praying for my kids at yeah, night. Me too. We do. And it's just a practice. We started when they were so when they were babies and we keep doing it, even though they're teenagers and they haven't asked us to stop and we're not going to stop. Right. <laughs> but praying for your kids at night can be one of those contexts where you can reinforce truth. Yeah. I just text my kids things sometimes. So good. And, you know, I have a college student now. The other day I just sent her a link to a song, you know, and it's just the Lord bless you, right, and keep you. And and the Lord make his face shine on you. And I just said, hey, just a Tuesday blessing for you. Mm-hmm. And it's little things like that where we can speak truth to our kids in incremental ways That's over good. time. And not in the heat of a argument you know i wasn't in that text i wasn't disagreeing with her about music or about fashion just a whole other thing we haven't even (laughs) talked about or whatever you know it it's just a hey i just want to bless you today because i love you you and i love you Mm. yeah we want to thank dave and ann wilson and their team for another edition of family life today although our programs are produced in america The issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as Power to Change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. If you'd like to listen to today's program again, visit our website families.powertochange.org.au and select the podcast tab where you will find the previous fortnight's programs available. Until tomorrow at the same time, God's richest blessings on your family. Thank you.